0: You're listening to the Clergy Chick Podcast. My name is Rhonda Blevins. I'm the Clergy Chick. From January 19th, 2020 at Chapel by the Sea in Clearwater Beach, Florida. The text is Isaiah chapter 49 verses 1 through 7. Listen to me, O coastlands, pay attention, you peoples from far away. The Lord called me before I was born. While I was in my mother's womb, he named me. He made my mouth sharp like a sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me and made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing and vanity, yet surely my cause is with the Lord, and my reward with my God. And now the Lord says, who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the sight of the Lord, and my God has become my strength, he says, It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. I will give you as a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nations, the slave of rulers, Kings shall see and stand up, princes and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. I've got a six-year-old at home, you know, the one that was really squirrely up here this morning, that's him, you know, and he, I, where does the time go? Six years old, I just, I remember when he was a baby in my arms and cooing and wiggling and, and now he's tying a shoe and playing baseball and the personality, oh my goodness. One of the things that happens at my house from time to time with his 12-year-old brother is that his 12-year-old brother will taunt him. I don't you you probably never had kids who argued, but me. <sighs> so the 12-year-old will taunt him and say, "You're a baby." Oh my goodness. What an insult. Oh my goodness. I'm not a baby. I'm a What do you think? I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. And so then, you know, sometime days later, I'll try to get the six year old to do something, his chores, and I'll say, uh, you know, go get the mail. I don't want to get the mail. You know, th- probably all of your kids did exactly what you wanted them to do the first time you asked them. <laughs> I don't want to get the mail. Come on, be a, I'll use this as leverage be a big boy and go get the mail. What do you think happens then? Oh, I'm not a big boy. I'm a little boy. (laughs) Little little boy. At what point is it in our human development that we begin to truly see ourselves as big boys and big girls? I don't know when that happens. I'm not sure that it fully ever does. Psychologists tell us of something called the inner child. I believe this term was coined by Carl Jung and psychologists on through the the decades have added to that, that there's an inner child within each of us. A little boy or a little girl that never quite goes away, that's always kind of there under the surface, whether we're a a kind of a grown woman or a big macho man, whatever it is, there's the inner child. And one of the therapeutic techniques is to reparent the inner child, to go back and work on childhood trauma that still lives in our lives today. Now let me take just a moment to say that there's no shame in seeing a therapist or a counselor that I have done so at different times in my life when it was difficult or during a transitional period. And so, folks, there is no shame in that. In fact, I dare say it could be helpful for most people that most of us have a little room to grow in maturity, and therapy is one way to do that. So that commercial was for free. And whether or not you think that this idea of an inner child is a bunch of hooey or not, here's my experience, that when I find someone who's really difficult to love, and maybe that's not your experience, maybe you love everyone easily, maybe there's no difficult people in your life, but when I find someone difficult to love, and I want to try, I'll imagine that person as a little boy, Or as a little girl, small and vulnerable and weak and in need of love. And that helps me find my place of compassion for the guy that just cut me off in the roundabout. (laughs) Now what does all this have to do with Isaiah 49? I'm about to tell you. In the passage that I just read, we find Isaiah, we discover his inner child. What do I mean by that? Listen to some of the language uh, that hints to the idea that Isaiah is kind of, the, the inner child is coming out here. Isaiah refers back to when he was a fetus, if that's not a strong enough hint. He says, while I was in my mother's womb. He says this twice in, this, in these seven verses. Talking about the womb, formed in the womb. And the second one is even more overt. It's not a hint at all that Isaiah is feeling pretty small. He says, he says I've spent my... My strength for nothing and vanity. He's feeling weak. He's he's feeling small. And it makes me wonder if Isaiah is having a midlife crisis. Maybe he needs to go buy a new car, a sports car, a little red sports convertible, maybe. Move to Florida. (laughs) Midlife crisis, Isaiah. He's feeling small. Have you ever felt? small or is it just me just me you ever maybe find yourself playing the comparison game like looking at other people and the and the big house that they live in and the nice car that they drive and the beautiful family that they've raised and or maybe it's their resume and how successful they are and you think I just don't measure up where have I spent my life my goodness let me just say that playing the comparison game It's always going to be detrimental to our sense of self-worth because there's always going to be someone richer or someone smarter or someone more successful, someone prettier. So don't play the comparison game. Just don't. That's that's for free as well. Maybe it wasn't that that Isaiah was doing. Maybe he wasn't playing the comparison game, and that's why he was feeling small. Maybe it was just a sense of not living up to expectations. God's expectations were more than likely his own expectations for himself. That the, There was something big I was supposed to do, and it's been, it's been small. The word in, in the Hebrew there, nothing and vanity. I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. The word there is tohu, Hebel. Tohu Hebel. It could also be translated chaos and vapor. I've spent my life for chaos and vapor. Isaiah is feeling pretty small. But then God speaks into Isaiah's Tohu Hebel. God speaks into Isaiah's nothingness and vanity. God speaks into Isaiah's chaos and into his vapor. And God says, listen up, Isaiah. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the survivors of Israel. Now, I will give you as a light to the nations, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. In other words, Isaiah, your vision is too small. It's too little. I still have big plans for you, like global plans. In other words, God's telling Isaiah, I'm not done with you yet. And if we hear the whispers, we can hear God saying the very same thing to each of us. If you're alive, and that's debatable for some of you. If you're alive, it means that God is not done with you yet. And sometimes I hear people, maybe it's in their twilight years, or even even people in midlife kind of thinking that, that their best years are behind them. Or even if you're on the earlier end of the spectrum, if you're a younger adult and wondering what it is that you're supposed to do with this life you've been given, wherever you are, God is not done with you yet. I know this because you're still alive. There's, in this life of faith, there's kind of two, two ends to the life of faith. There's a life of action And then there's a life of contemplation. There's a life of doing, and there's a life of being. And in the life of contemplation and the life of being, one of the the most powerful lines that I've ever read or or heard spoken is, is a phrase by medieval mystic Meister Eckhart, who said this. If the only prayer you ever pray is thank you, that will be enough. And so this passage, I think, is talking about the life of action, of what we do. And to borrow the refrain from Meister Eckhart, I want to suggest that if the only deed you ever do is love, then that will be Enough. God has big things. God is not done with you yet. And the one thing that you need to do in however, whatever form it takes, is to love. God is not done with you yet, and God is not done with us yet. It's like God is saying across the ages, your vision, your vision is too small. It's it's too little. I've got big plans for you, Chapel by the Sea. I've got global plans for you. What? Global? What? Think about it. Every Sunday, and this just happened over the past couple of months, every Sunday we live stream our worship services. If you're joining us by YouTube, we're so glad that you're here this morning. We're live streaming right now. Anybody, anywhere on the planet with access to the Internet can be watching us. We are global. And then we upload it on YouTube, and at any point in in, in the near future, someone can watch the service and join us. And, and not only that, but back in August, I launched a, a podcast that puts the sermons out there in podcast form. Did you know that over the past six months, I've had 500 listeners on the podcast? <laughs> uh, 500 hits, maybe not all single. It's probably all my mom, okay? It's probably all my mom. <laughs> Had over, 18, over the past six months, we've had over 1,800 views on YouTube. Folks, we're already global whether we want to be or not. Next, uh, in April, a world-renowned progressive theologian named Diana Butler Bass is holding retreat for clergy women and other women in spiritual leadership. And guess where she's going to hold that retreat? Right here. At our little chapel by the sea. We're going to have the chance to offer Christian hospitality to clergy, women from across the the North America, maybe beyond, right here. We get to do that. We're global, folks. Our vision has been too small. And I'll tell you, I just said Little Chapel by the Sea. I promise you this, that's the last time you'll ever hear me refer to this church as Little Chapel by the Sea. You know why? Because God says, your vision's too small. It's too little. I've got big plans for you. I've got global plans for you. This year we enter our seventy-first year of being church together, and while other churches are closing their doors, we just keep on keeping on. Chapel by the sea, and over the past seventy years, which I haven't been a part of that history except for the very tail end, build a strong and healthy and vibrant and loving community of faith, locally based here on Clearwater Beach. And what I wonder is if the next 70 years, we build on top of that local presence to think of ourselves as having the capacity to have global reach because our God is big and our reach should be as well. So my challenge to you for yourself as an individual and for us as a church is to recognize how enormous our God is and to let God challenge us to expand our vision that we might love more. Because if the only deed we ever do is love, that'll be enough. Thanks for tuning in to the Clergy Chick Podcast. Until next time, keep on shining.